Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Glory to God. Well, I want to do something this morning. Uh, I want to talk about God want you blessed. God want you blessed. Can you say that? God want me blessed. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God want you blessed. I know you have to speak a little louder than normal because it's got to come through. Uh, and some of you got those real sophisticated uh, uh, face masks that, uh, yeah, it just you, you just got it going on. Praise God. Uh, but, but tell them again, God want you blessed. I want you to know in our viewing audience to know that no matter how difficult things uh, may seem, that God has not changed his mind uh, concerning you. And, and how he want you to live. And so I'm going to do something uh, real quick in honor of my great mentor. I will always honor him as long as there's breath in my body. I want to thank God always for sending this great man of God into my life, uh, uh, Apostle Frederick Casey Price, over 30-something years ago. And he began to speak into my life and give me certain directions and told me certain things to stay with. And I've stayed with him all these years. And, uh, and he said the things that God has produced uh, in Los Angeles, California, that if you'll stay with it, young man, God will produce it in Kansas City. And so uh, I want to thank God for him. He's gone on to be with the Lord, and, uh, but he's still here because he's in those who he had the privilege of teaching and imparting uh, the wisdom of God. Uh, he said that you will never have faith for anything that hasn't been taught on. He said, your people will never have faith for anything that you don't teach on. He said, if you want your people to have faith for something, he said, teach it and teach it and teach it and teach it and teach it until they have faith for it. He said, you will know when they've had faith for it because it'll start manifesting in their lives. And, uh, uh, so I want to thank God for him today, and I want to speak a word over you, because while they're talking about perhaps our economy going into a downturn, uh, we certainly, we don't make fun of that. You know, they're doing the best that they can do without trusting God. But, uh, but we have our eyes on God, and we trust him. And, and God's resources are not predicated on what we do down here. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you have to be careful. As a matter of fact, I, I, I really uh, believe that it would be very difficult, almost impossible, for you to keep the joy of the Lord and remain positive if you're constantly watching the news and you don't bounce it out by studying the Word of God. Because one will make you positive and one will make you negative. Are you, are you all listening to me? Uh, uh, after our service, we're going to go into another service and, uh, where I want to just talk to the members, and I wrote out some things for you that I'm going to give to you. And we're going to make a confession. And, uh, and I did it first. The Lord kind of led me that way uh, about 2 or 3 in the morning, and I said some things out of my mouth by the Spirit of God. And, man, I, I felt a shift in the atmosphere. And then I felt the Lord pressed upon me to have the members say that same prayer. You, you're going to know it when we get into it. I guarantee you won't be able to sincerely pray it and things not happen in the heavenlies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you're going to deal with some things in the spirit world that perhaps you haven't dealt with in a long time or never dealt with it. But when we deal with it corporately, you're going to sense a shift in the spirit. Glory to God. And there are people in your life who are going to be set free. By the power of God, just by that simple prayer. There are people who are sick in their bodies and the doctors can't figure it out. But blessed be Jesus. Amen. When we pray this prayer, we're believing supernatural things to manifest in your lives when it comes to the healing power of Almighty God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Would you go ahead uh, uh, and put up my first nugget? I promise you we, we will be out of here before one in the afternoon. Ready? Read. 
Read, read it again. I, I remember years ago when we started the ministry, and we all started with very humble beginnings, and, and I was criticizing the city uh, strongly for teaching faith and uh, believing in divine healing and, and uh, prosperity. And uh, they, they labeled me years ago as the prosperity preacher. And I used to draw back on it, and I come to realize that's a good thing. I'd rather them pronounce prosperity on me than to pronounce lack on me. I'd rather go to a church that believes in prosperity than to go in a church that believes in lack. And so they, they, you know, they, they slapped me with a lot of different, different titles. But I just kept teaching, doing what Dad Hagen taught us and doing what uh, Dr. Lester Summerall taught us, and taught us. And at that time, Dr. Frederick Casey Price, what he taught us, and other great men of God that I submitted myself to. I just kept doing what, what, you know, what they taught me and studying it out and, and, uh, and teaching the people. And at the time I was teaching it, I was driving uh, in Kansas City. I was driving a Renault, uh, uh, Plymouth, Re, 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 no, not a Renault, Reliant, not a Renault, but a Reliant. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah a Reliant, a uh, gold, if you please, with, uh, with tan interior, uh, velour-like tan interior, if you please. And uh, uh, a white sidewall, white, white, uh, what do you call it? White wall, white wall tires on, yeah, yeah, if you, I mean, just had it going on. And I pulled up to the church on 350 Highway next to Big Bob used carpet. And uh, I pulled up and steam came out the front of my car, you know, the radiator steam. And I went on into the church uh, just like I had gotten out of a Rolls Royce or whatever and went in and taught the people faith. And some people were laughing, said, he's got to be out of his mind. How in the world is he going to teach people faith and believe God and prosperity? And, 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 and look at what he's driving. And, and the people wasn't driving much, anything any better at the time. I mean, we were all in the same boat, you know, just, just, just standing on the word of God. But I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. Probably 90% of the congregation was renting. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. Then after a while, the parking lot changed. Mm -hmm. The Lord moved us from the used carpet, moved us right next to City Hall. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. And then after a while, our members start buying houses. You know, they start getting houses. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. And after a while, they started driving better cars and getting promotions on their jobs and getting checks in the mail and getting bonuses and increases. And I kept teaching. And, and I kept teaching. And after a while, they got rental property. Glory be to Jesus. And after a while, they started driving BMWs and, and Mercedes. And, they, I'm, I'm te- and I kept teaching. And, and I kept teaching. And they stopped getting in the sick line. And they started walking in the divine healing line. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. And I kept teaching. And now our members not only own a house, but they own houses. They not only drive a nice car, but some of them got two or three. Some of them got four or five. They just don't want you to know it. But that's not an accident. That's the word of God producing in your life. Because God's word cannot come back void. Are you listening to me? So today, I'm going to keep teaching. I'm going to keep teaching that God wants you blessed. And it has nothing to do with the economy. God's got ways that you've not even considered to get prosperity into your life. Somebody in your family has to be blessed to save the family. And I just believe that you're the one that God's going to use to preserve the family. Hallelujah to God. Give me nugget number two. Please have a seat. God wants you blessed. Come on, say it seven times. God want me blessed. God want me blessed. 
God want me blessed for. God want me blessed. God want me blessed. Say it again. Say it again real loud. Now, for some of you, you think you're just talking, but words release energy. When you speak, you're releasing negative energy or positive energy. Not only are you releasing negative energy or positive energy, when you release negative energy, demons get busy. When you release positive energy, the angels of God that have been assigned on your behalf, they get busy. And you said, God wants to be blessed. So your angels have to do the work in the spirit to make sure that you're blessed. I dare you to say it seven more times and believe God. Come on, musicians. Say it out loud, musicians. Yeah. 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 This side of the church, tell that side of the church. This side of the church, tell that side of the church. Glory. 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 Some of you didn't get it. They didn't say God wants you cursed. They said God wants you blessed. They didn't say God wants you cursed. They said God wants you blessed. Can somebody believe that confession in this house today? God wants me blessed. God wants me blessed. <laughs> Please have a seat. Now, uh, I've been wearing shirts and slacks for the last year or so. Back up off of me. I've been wearing polos and low poles for the last year and a half, trying to relax like, because I wanted you to relax. But I'm dressed this way for a reason. Because people treat you based upon how you look. And if you look cheap, they treat you cheap. Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> when you look a certain way, people want to know who you are. <laughs> yeah, look at somebody and tell them, say, say, who's that man up there in that black suit? Yeah, I started to wear my Zorro mask out here, but I didn't want to scare nobody. <laughs> Jesus. Nugget number three, please. Nugget number three, please. What? What? Yeah, Did we, we didn't do number two? Go, go back then. Boy, they, yeah, they, they, man, they'll fight you up in here. Let, let's get right. Uh, nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. Every member of Harvest Church. It's against the law. It's against the HCOI. Is that it? HCIO? Huh? IO? HCIO. I get it right. It's against the law for you to live average. You have too much word in you for you to be average. You know too much about the word of God to be average. You know too much about God to tolerate average in your life. Good God of mercy. If people aren't talking about you, you haven't done enough yet. The only reason people talk about you, it means that you've done something to get noticed. And if people aren't talking about you, that means you haven't done anything yet to get noticed. There was a time where the world didn't talk about Jesus. But he messed around and done something. And got noticed. There was a time people ignored Apostle Paul. But he messed around and done something. And got noticed. There was a time where there was a deacon in the church that nobody said anything about. But he messed around and got noticed. 
and he got so noticed that they stoned him to death. Good God of mercy. And you know too much about God to live an average life. Nugget number three. There are principles faithfully acted upon that will make a man or a woman successful and fruitful. The key is uh, uh, faithfully acted upon. Constantly acting upon these principles, whether you feel like it or don't feel like it. Nugget number four. Fulfillment is always tied to purpose. I'm willing to die, and I mean that, literally. I'm willing to die for what I believe. I'm willing to die for what I'm doing because what I am doing is my purpose. I can't do anything else because I'm doing what God called me to do. Are you all listening to me? That's why can't nobody kill me. That's why people curse themselves when they put their mouths on me. And I'm not being, I'm not being mean-spirited or anything, but I've always said, those who will speak against me, I'll outlive every one of them. And I pray to God that God allow them to live long enough to see that God's hand truly was and is on my life. Are you listening to me? Fulfillment is tied to purpose. If you're not feeling uh, fulfilled is a great possibility you haven't found your purpose. And notice what I said. F- fulfillment comes from fulfilling your purpose. When you find your purpose, you'll find fulfillment. Fulfillment doesn't come with money. If that be the case, then people with money wouldn't be killing themselves. Are you listening to me? And fulfillment doesn't come getting married. Oh, Jesus. Anybody bold enough to say Amen. Two people. Yeah, fulfillment doesn't come by getting married. If your life wasn't fulfilled before you met her or met him, that person can't make you complete. Are you all listening to me? You, you can't marry somebody and they make you happy. That's too much pressure to put on another human being. Glory be to God. I said, Glory be to God. I said, Glory be to God. Fulfillment comes when you find your purpose. That's why it's a dangerous thing, almost a bad investment, parents, to invest your money in a child going to college, majoring in something that they don't care about. Or forcing them to major in a particular major because of the kind of money they can make doing it. But they can do it and make a lot of money and be sad and unhappy. Fulfillment comes for fulfilling your purpose. The next nugget, please. Nugget number five. Nugget number five. It's, it's just as simple as that. Get out of all these, get out of all these pyramid schemes. Trying to sell insurance, losing all your friends. Get out of these pyramid schemes. Well, I'm stuck on that. Do it God's way. Honor God. You mess around and lose your friends. Got them up some hotel room. All y'all sitting around. They done put a new twist on, a new label on it, but it's nothing but another pyramid scheme. And it's not allowed in this church. If anybody's going through this congregation trying to get you involved in pyramid schemes, you come not to an usher, you come to me. Because we don't do that here. We don't do that here. This is not a hustle. So if we're not hustling in the pulpit, we're not going to hustle in the pews. That's nothing but a pyramid scheme. I don't care what they use. I don't care if they use a card or a pearl. Or, or, some, or some flake gold or whatever, insurance. It's nothing but a pyramid scheme. And all you're going to do is lose your money. And the people who are really going to lose out are the people who can least afford it. And the reason I've never, I've been in, I've been in matter of fact, I don't want to get into that, but I, you'd be amazed of, of the things that people have brought to me and called me out of town. And I get there and it's a pyramid scheme. 
And, uh, and I t- my wife would tell you, I told those leaders, I said, if you take that back to your church, you're going to lose your church. Didn't I tell them? I said, if you take that back to your church, you're going to lose your congregation. I said, I'll never do it. I said, I want to be their priest. I want to be their pastor, not their business partner. I said, yes, I can do it and get in, and I'll make a lot of money because I'll be at part of the top of the pyramid. I said, but God didn't send me to do that. He sent me to preach the word of God, to teach the word of God. And I'm just foolish enough to believe that if I teach you the word of God and the word of God raise you up and your life become blessed, when you get to that blessed land, I'm just foolish enough to believe that when you get there, you won't forget about your pastor. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I thought I'd throw that in. So the key to success is just simply obey God. If you obey God, you'll prosper. Nugget number six. Nugget number six. Read. We must. Nugget number seven, please. The written word of God will wash us and renew and renew us. Amen. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Fulfillment is tied to purpose. Say it again. Fulfillment is tied to purpose. Now remember this. It is the Lord God Almighty who prospers you. Don't ever forget that. It is the Lord God Almighty who has prospered you. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever get so much prosperity, so much blessings that you forget who gave it. Mm -hmm. Don't don't, don't ever, don't don't get on that ground. Don't get on that territory. Always remember, everything I have that's good, the life that I'm living (laughs) that is good, God did it for me. Don't don't ever forget that. Don't don't ever forget that. If you never forget that, you won't be under a tree polishing a car on Sunday. Because you'll remember it is the goodness of God that I have it. You won't be at home on Sunday morning cleaning the house. Should have done that on Saturday. When the doors of the house of God are open. Are you listening to me? Because you remember everything that I have that is good, God gave it to me. Good God of mercy. This this is all I'm going to do today. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm going to say some things to you, perhaps that you've never heard, but I'm I'm, I'm going to bring balance to it. Deuteronomy chapter 8. If you're there, say amen. Now, stick your finger there in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and, and go to job. For those who need a job, for those who need a J-O-B, go to the job application section. Go to, go to Job 36. Some, some wife looked at me and said, did you hear that, J-O-B? Look at uh, chapter 36. Very sobering verse of scripture. Job chapter 36, verse 11. Look what he says. He says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. Now, wait a minute. Who said that? God said that through the prophet. Yes? Okay. God says, if they obey me and serve me, they'll spend their days in prosperity. Did God lie? Did God lie? I said, did God lie? He said, if they obey and serve me, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. That's what God said. Look look at the next verse. But if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. 
Quit making prosperity complicated. The key to prosperity is to pray, to study, to hear from God, and do what he says. That's how this church got to where it is today. Pray, hear from God, and do what he says. And it will lead you to a land of prosperity. Can somebody say amen? Now now look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Job 36, 11 and 2, it coincides with Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Seek ye first God's way of doing things. And all these worldly things that you're after, you're getting ulcers over, God said, I'll add it to you. You ain't got to go out with some boss. You don't have to get on the internet looking for no husband, no wife with some money. Ain't nobody shouting now but me. But if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, God knows what you need. And God knows where it's at. I said, God knows what you need. And God knows where it's at. And if you'll obey him, he'll lead you to the promised land. Now, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number number 11. Deuteronomy 8, verse 11. You there? Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. By not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Least when you have eaten and are full. Some of you remember, you remember when there wasn't much in the cabinet? You remember when there wasn't much in the refrigerator? Any of y'all remember that? Some of you remember when mama used to take one neck bone or two pieces, two, 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 uh, two chicken legs? And, and, feed, and feed six people, yes. two, two, two chicken legs and two gallons of gravy and some homemade bread that you better dip it in the gravy because it's too heavy to eat by itself. But, but those days are long gone now. Those days of eating fried bologna and, and, and making man-egg sandwiches. Those, day, those days are gone now. Of eating peanut butter and jelly because that's all in the house. Those days are gone now. Where you, where you got uh, uh, 30 cents worth of neck bones and, and two bag of pinto beans that you eat every day until they're all gone. What are we having for dinner today? Same thing we had yesterday. We didn't finish the last meal. Those those days are long gone now. And most of you under the sound of my voice, you're pretty much eating what you want to eat. Some of you have arrived to a place where you don't even cook anymore. Help us, Jesus. Some brother in the back said, well. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're living in a day now where, where listen to me, where, where, where you don't even have to cook. I remember in my day years ago, that was one of the qualifications for a girl getting a husband. If, if the boy who was interested in you didn't ask if you to, could you cook, his mama would. And if his mama didn't ask you, his sister would. And if his sister didn't ask you, could you cook uh, that old mean auntie he had? She'll ask you. She'll ask anybody anything. And for that family to ask that girl, can you, I don't care about your degree. I don't care how much money you make. We want to know, can you cook? And the reason the women in the family want to know that you can cook because they're looking for help. When the family get together to have a dinner, they, they want to assign you something other than boiling water. They want to know what your specialty is. Do, do, do you know Buck? Do you know Buck's married at this girl? Do you know she can't cook? 
Then, then when they get privately together, they say, who's her people? They want to know what home was she raised in and they didn't teach her how to cook. I tell you what, you can get married if you can't cook if you want to, but you better be highly skilled in other areas. Or you're going to have a whole lot of trouble. You're going to have to have some skills that will make him cook. <laughs> Ain't nobody shouting out, but I'm done. This is not a marriage seminar. Mm-hmm. You can play, y'all can laugh, but it's a lot of truth in what I said. You'll be amazed at what a man will forget and overlook with a good meal. Come in the house all mad, ready to fuss, and you, honey, sit down. And he eat and get finished. After he get finished, he said, well, baby, what is that you wanted to talk about? Oh, girl, it don't make no difference. I done forgot all about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all can laugh, but, but it's a lot of truth in what I said. So we just read here in, in Deuteronomy 8, verse 11. Did we go all the way to 14? We did not. Look what it says in verse 12. Least when you have eaten in the full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, it means you got money. And your silver and your gold are multiplied. Your investments are doing good. And all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget God. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. From the house of bondage. Oh, Jesus. Is this good? So we can we can say this and, and not violate the text. And that is. You have to be careful when you prosper because prosperity can set in leanness of soul. In other words, God is saying you have to guard your heart. Now, 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 this is God talking to Israel. He's not talking to the church. This is God talking to Israel. He's telling them, listen, you were in slavery. You were a slave and I brought you out. Your life was jacked up and I brought you out. Not your mama, not your daddy, not the company you work for. He said, I brought you out. I not only brought you out, but I brought you into a good land. And I made you prosperous. And now that I brought you to a better place than you've ever been, now you don't pray? I brought you to a place where you're blessed, and now you don't feel the need to talk to me anymore? You don't study to learn my ways anymore. Ooh, Jesus. You've gotten too old and too cute to get on your knees and cry out to me for help. When you were in bondage and you cried out for help, didn't I answer? Oh, Jesus. Let me help some of you. None of us have a right to, to, to act cute and sophisticated. Because all of us, say all of us, all of us are living out the prayers that God answered for people who were before us. There are some things that my forefathers and foremothers asked God for that they never saw it, but it manifested in my life. They picked cotton crying out to Jesus. They picked tobacco crying out to Jesus. They dug holes crying out to God. They had whips on their back begging God for a better day. And some of them prayed to God for a better day, not for themselves, but for their children. And we are the beneficiaries. 
of their prayers. So what you have today, you owe, you owe the people behind you to honor God because they're the ones who cried out to God. Mm -hmm. Somebody paid the price. I said somebody paid the price. Somebody paid the price so that we could have a church in this part of the city. Somebody paid the price. That by law, they can't come out here and handcuff us and take us to jail. Somebody paid a price for that. And then you got the nerve not to vote when it's time to vote. When people died for the right for you to vote. Are you listening to me? Somebody paid the price. Let's jump down to verse number 17. You bless now, then you say in your heart, mm -hmm. come on, I, I can't do it. Then you say in your heart, go ahead. Then you say in your heart, come on. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you take on that attitude, you won't tithe. When you take on that spirit, you won't tithe. You won't be a liberal giver. When you take on that spirit, I thank God I married a woman who wasn't like that. Ooh, y'all done got quiet on me. When you take on that spirit, you won't tithe. <laughs> yeah. And you'll go a step further. You'll believe, you'll believe the lie of a seducing spirit that you cannot afford to tithe. Where in reality, you cannot afford not to tithe. Because God gave us a promise, didn't he? He said when you tithe, that he would rebuke the devourer. He said he would do it for your sake. I, I believe the man. Ooh, Jesus. I said I believe the man. Let, let's, 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 read, let's read on here. L look at the next verse. Then you say in your heart, my power and my might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this, this day. This promise that I've just read to you, this was not written to you and I. I know I'm going to get in some trouble with some people, but this wasn't written to you. This was written to the Jews. This was written to Israel. This was a promise that God made to the Hebrew children that if they would obey him, what he would do. Now, we know that the Old Testament wasn't written uh, to us. The New Testament is written to us. The Old Covenant was written for us. You better hear me now. As a child of God, you will never discover to a, 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 what can I say, a healthy degree. You will never discover who you are to a healthy degree in the Old Covenant. For, for as, a, as a believer, you've got to get into the epistles and find out who you are in Christ. When you study the word of God, you also have to decipher when is God talking to the Hebrew children and when is God talking to the church. So, so if, you, if you don't know how to decipher the difference, you could be claiming something to yourself that wasn't even given to you. And you're waiting for something that is not coming. Why? Because God wasn't talking to you. Now, I know there's, there's a movement of people trying to say that we have, we have re replaced the Jews. That's a lie. We have not replaced the Jews. And we're not going to replace the Jews. And God is not through with the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, if you study scripture, God is still going to be dealing with his chosen people after the rapture. Are you all listening to me? 
God still loves them. They are still God's chosen people. I know there's philosophies, the New Age philosophies that are crept into the church that's trying to preach a doctrine like we have replaced the Jews. And that's a lie. The church is a separate entity from the nation of Israel. Are you all listening to me? And at this time, under this dispensation of grace, the Jewish people, by and large as a whole, their eyes are blinded. But God one day is going to send a strong wind that is going to cause the scales to fall off of their eyes. They are still his chosen people. And so when you begin to claim the promises, you can only claim the promises that God promised the church. Oh, Jesus. Can somebody say amen to this truth? I said, can somebody say amen to this truth? There's a blessing to the Jew and there's a blessing to the church and you can't mix them. Now, having said that, real quick, go to John chapter 14. Are you learning anything? John chapter 14. Look at verse 2. John chapter 14, verse 2. Look what he says. Ready? Read. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be. Good God of mercy. That's the hope of the church. That's the hope of the child of God. That if we are alive when the rapture happens, that we'll be caught up to be with God. But if we died in Christ, the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord. Notice what Jesus said. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. That's the hope of the church. That we will spend eternity in the presence of Almighty God. That's the blessed hope of the church is that when we die, we won't go to hell. We'll go to heaven. That ought to make somebody happy. Now, let's close with this. Uh, First Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two. Is it warm in here? Or is it just me? I can't hear you. I hear mixed, mixed, somebody said you, somebody says us. First Corinthians chapter two. Look at uh, verse 14. First Corinthians chapter two. Look at verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. Why? It fooses to him. You're going out to that church on Sunday. But you know it's going to be crowded out there on the highway. You're going out to that church. You're going to go out there and give, give that church your money. My fact, don't even say that church. You're going to go out to that church and give that man your money. Don't be alarmed at that. They, they don't understand. It don't, it don't take all of that. You don't have to. Don't you know if you read the Bible too much, it'll drive you crazy? You got to watch that religious stuff. You can go crazy with that. No, those people who are acting crazy with the Bible, they, they was crazy before the Bible got named. But, but notice what Paul said to the church at Corinth. He said, he said the natural man. A person who, who's not born again, he said, they don't understand spiritual things. That's what's going on in America today. You got everybody in, in the Senate, in the White House, 
in Congress and they're trying to figure out all these problems and they're trying to do it naturally. And they don't understand that a lot of these natural manifestations have spiritual implications. They're trying to deal with some things naturally when you can only deal with it spiritually. But they don't understand that. That's foolishness to them. Because their minds haven't been opened. They can't see because God has not allowed them to see. That's why you ought to rejoice that you can see. Is there anybody here saved? I said, is there anybody here saved? You ought to thank God for that. You ought to thank God for that. Because you cannot be saved unless God drew you first. You didn't call God. He called you. Out of everybody in the club, he picked you out. There are people still dancing and still getting high, and you done turned your stuff in. Because God called you. And then when you try to tell them why you don't do certain things no more, they think you're crazy. Ooh. And if they go to church, they'll get mad at you. Because they're still drinking. Well, mm-hmm. well, preacher, I hear what you're saying, but you know the Bible says a little wine is good for the stomach's sake. Ain't nothing wrong with your stomach. Mm-hmm. The natural man has been programmed and trained in worldly knowledge. That's what they're trying to figure out this pandemic, COVID-19. They're trying to figure it out with worldly knowledge. And what they fail to realize that behind COVID-19 is a demon. So I said, give me proof text for it. John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. What have is done? What has COVID-19 done? It's killed over half a million people and still killing folk in our own country. It's stealing. Some people have lost their way. As a result of not being able to gather with the believers, some people have lost their way. They don't even believe, believe God anymore. They don't even believe coming to church is necessary anymore. They believe the lie of the deceiver. He came to destroy. Look at the families that have been destroyed because of COVID-19. So don't you tell me that this plague is something that God sent. No, God didn't send the plague. God sent the answer to the plague. If you be willing and obedient, if you'll do what I said, glory to God, I'll I'll release a hedge of protection that'll guard you and your house. Good God of mercy. Let's let's close now. Let's let's truly close now. Yeah, my time is gone. It's it's already 10, 10 something. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans. I have, to, I have to close with this. Romans chapter 12. Glory to God. Just give me a moment. I'm, I'm really sweating up here. Don't feel sorry for me because hell's going to be much hotter than this. And I'm not going. Look at Romans, uh, Romans chapter 12. Say this with me. I have been called to live above average. Say it again. I have been called to live above average. Are you in Romans chapter 12? Look at verse number two. Look what he says. He said, I do not, uh, he, he said, and do not be conformed uh, to this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen to it in the uh, listen to it in the Williams translation. The Williams translation says, "Stop living in accordance with the customs of this world, but by the new ideas that mold your mind, continue to transform yourselves." L- li- listen to it in the New Living translation. Uh, li- li- yeah, the new living. Yeah, the new living. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. L- look at the Ken Weiss translation. It says, stop assuming an outward expression that does not come from within you and is not representative of what you are in your inner being. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Let, me, let me read it again. This is the Weiss. He says, stop assuming an outward expression that does not come from within, that does not come from within you and is not representative of what you are in your inner, inner being but is a pattern after this age. Can, can, I, can I interpret that? What we said, he says, stop being phony. Stop coming to church acting like you're one way. And when you leave church, you know you're a totally different person. Ooh, Jesus. He's saying, in essence, stop trying to fool us on the outside when you know on the inside you're not like that. Ooh, God. Let let, let me go back to to the new living. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. He said, don't do it. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How in the world does God change the way we think? He changed the way we think by his uncompromising, unchanging word of God. There's only one thing on the planet that can transform your mind. There's only one thing on this planet that have the power to go in and uproot erroneous thinkings, erroneous teachings that you receive over the years, to uproot it, to pluck it out, and to plant the true word of God down into your soul. The word of God is the only thing that can do that. The word of God is the only thing that can wash you and cleanse you. We all get dirty sometimes. I said we all get dirty sometimes. That's why we need to hear the word of God because the word of God has cleansing power. Are you listening to me? The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because the word of God, it washes us. Are you listening to me? God doesn't condemn. The devil condemns. The Holy Spirit only convicts. The Holy Spirit only can, anybody ever come under conviction? I mean, you've done something, walked away, and it's like, oh. And the Holy, I mean, the Holy Ghost uncalled you on the carpet. You, you didn't say that right. The way you spoke to that person, the tone that you gave, and the attitude you were in when you said that, you, you know that wasn't right the way you spoke to your husband. You know that wasn't right the way you spoke to your wife. I mean, you're having a counseling session right in the presence of your spouse and they don't even know the Holy Ghost is talking to you. And you're trying to walk out the door and the Holy Ghost says, all right. And you keep going to the door. Okay. In other words, he's warning you there's going to be consequences. And then sometimes you get on in your car because you're stubborn or you say, I can't be late to work. I've already been late seven times this week. 
You get in your car, you drive two blocks, and you come under major conviction. Then you have to turn around and go back. Listen, listen, hun, uh, sir, ma'am, uh, uh, wh- the way I spoke to you. And this is how you always know it was your test. Because sometimes you go back to them, they don't remember what you said. Because it wasn't their test. Well, I, I don't remember, young man. Uh, that's all right. I just want you to know what I said to you in the line because I was a little edgy and somebody had cut the line and, and it looked like you were going a little slow and it looked like you were having a bad day. Now you're telling on everybody. <laughs> But, but, but I had no right to speak to you in the tone that I spoke. Oh, sir, there's so many people that come through this line every day. I, 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 I didn't hear it. That's all right. I just want you to know I apologize. I, I just want you to know that I'm sorry. B- because it's not about that person. It's about you getting back in right stead with God. It's about you coming under conviction and dealing with it. And, and not shunning it away. Because whenever you come under Holy Ghost conviction and you don't respond correctly to it, it becomes more difficult to respond correctly to it the next time. Then after a while, you become callous. And now you can do things that are not wrong and they don't even bother you anymore. You know, you cuss. You know, you, oh, oh, oh I'm so sorry. I mean, immediately you repent. Y'all know what I say when I say cuss? You know, somebody done something, you just caught you off guard, and, and you, 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 you know, shucks a lie. You, you understand what I'm saying? But, but, do you, but you don't immediately repent. You're just going, oh, that's all right. Then next time you add another word to it. Then the next time you add three more words, next time it's a sentence. Then the next time you're cussing, you know, a whole, a whole dialogue. You see, your conscience is becoming seared to that thing. Now, now, you, now you can do it and it don't bother you. You, you can fornicate and it, it, it don't even bother you no more. First time, you, you know, you fall in sin, you're crying, crying in bed. Your partner's wondering, what's wrong with you? Oh, that's all right. I'm just, I, just should, I shouldn't be doing this. You, you keep on persistent in that lifestyle. That's why I don't even bother you. Y'all getting quiet on me. And I'm talking about God wants you blessed. And the key to walking in the blessings of God is just simply to be obedient. If you be willing and obedient, God promised you'll have, you'll enjoy the good of the land. Listen. I want you so blessed as your pastor that, that uh, your family start talking about you. I want you to get that blessed. I, I, I want you to get so blessed that you, you, you'll lose some people who you really thought were your friends. Are, are you listening to me? I mean, when, when you come in the room, they're, they're looking at it like, here they come. And you haven't said nothing. You're not showing off. You're not telling people what you have. They done Googled you and found out what you had. Are you listening to me? You're not blessed to the degree God wants you blessed until your enemies are talking about you. And and for God, for your own sake, when somebody call you blessed, stop denying it. Stop denying it. Stop denying it. When somebody say you look nice, stop giving excuses of how old the suit is. Oh, this old suit? Girl, that sure is a pretty dress. This old dress? Stop talking like that. Nobody asked you what year it was. We said you look nice. Receive the compliment. Girl, you look blessed. Really? Yeah, really. Stop drawing back on the blessings of God on your life. And when people go to talking about what you have, then you start telling them all the things God has given you. You say that, girl, the Lord gave me that couch. 
You talking about this house? The Lord, let me tell you how the Lord made a way for me to get this house and my credit didn't even measure up to getting this house. Let, let me tell you. Let, let me tell you how I got this car. They, they, they etched off $20,000 for me to get this car and then they charged me $100 a month to pay for the thing. Let, let me show you how the Lord worked in my life. So when they start trying to brag on you, you brag on God. When they go to talking about what you have, you tell them who gave it to you. Glory be to God. Dad Hagen said in these last days that God was going to put on a show. And I just want to thank God that I'm one of the models in the show. Good God of mercy. I got two models. God's going to put on, they got three models. God's going to put on a show in the last days, and he's recruiting models. And I want to thank God I'm one of his models that he can run down the runway to show off his goodness. Good God of mercy. God wants you blessed. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come, not going to come. Stop looking for him. He's already come. But I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. The abundant life is the God kind of life. God paid the price so that you can be the head and not the tail. It is not God's will for you to be worrying about how you're going to pay your bills. How you're going to make it. Your way has already been made. All you have to do is faithfully stay on that path. And we got some folk in here right now who can testify as to how God changed their life Overnight, they went to bed one way and woke up the next day and their whole life was turned around. I'm almost subject to call an ex-alcoholic up here to testify. Come on up here, Brother Bear. No, we don't have time right now. How the Lord turned his life around. Educated making good money and don't have two pennies in his pocket, but got a hold of the word of God. And God changed his mind, turned his life completely around. He stopped, he stopped drinking man-made wine and started drinking heavenly wine. And you don't know it, but he's high right now. But he's high on the word of God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. And there are others in here who can testify. Of the goodness of God. Of how their lives were when they first came to the front door. And how year after year the word of God has transformed their lives. We got people in our church Without the word of God, they would be dead right now. They are alive because of the word of God. During the COVID, this COVID, uh, we call it pandemic, we didn't lose not one member of Harvest Church where Jesus is Lord. Old or young. Because God is good. I said because God is good. I said God is good. I said, God is good. I pray over you. God's got great people who have been assigned by God and they're on their way to help you. See, sometimes you don't need the money personally. You just need a good friend who's got it. Good God of mercy. See, sometimes you don't need the money. Sometimes you just need a good friend God of mercy. Who's got the money? There's been a whole lot of occasions that I didn't have the money. But I got a friend. 
that sticketh closer than a brother. And all the silver and all the gold and the cattle on a thousand hills, all of it belonged to him. Could God have mercy. And he said, I didn't say it. He said, he said, if you're in need and if you call on me, he said, I'll answer. He said, I'll answer. Wow. What an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.